Hi, this is Millie, and you're listening to the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast, where you'll find the validation and love you've been looking for. Welcome to my new listeners, and thanks to my loyal friends. Please follow me on Instagram at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word, and I will put all this in the show notes. Hi, guys. Um, I wanted to say thank you to all of you who uh, sent me messages on Instagram and regarding my last podcast about my cousin and being supportive. And um, one thing that's happened um, since this happened three days ago um, is that I'm looking back at it and it it's a little comical now. Uh, because my reaction was so out of character for me. I am not a combative person. I am like a lot of you, and I, I will do everything in my power to not have a confrontation, but maybe I'm changing. You know, I'm hoping that I'm changing. That's something that I've known about myself forever, that I do, I'd rather jump into a fire pit than have a fight with someone, right? <laughs> and... This time, I didn't, I wasn't afraid. My reaction showed that, right? I wasn't afraid. I just needed him to feel my disgust towards him. And I showed it to him, right? Um, I'm not saying that that's the best thing to do. It's The rule is still the same. A narcissist wants drama. They want you to react to them. So I am very well aware of the fact that I gave him narcissistic supply. But if he had any doubts at all about my feelings towards him, I think I cleared it up. Um, Calling, you know, looking at him straight in the eyes and giving him the finger and saying, F you mother effer. It just it was it just felt good for me and I have in the past said that the only time that you should like tell the narcissist how you feel is if it's going to do you more good than what supply you're giving them right if it's just something you need to do for yourself but you're aware that you're giving them supply of course i wasn't thinking oh i'm giving my cousin supply by doing this i just did it because that's how i felt um i did have therapy today and um my therapist explained something which i i already knew but she she explained it in a way that i hadn't ever heard it before is that anger is a feeling that covers up other feelings so when you're feeling angry about something it's not the anger that you need to get rid of it's whatever the feeling under the anger is and anger covers up guilt inferiority inferiority so being feeling inferior in some way and i'm sure that that for me that could apply to work a work situation right when someone just makes you feel inferior to them or it could be in any situation uh fear and trauma right so those are the things that anger can do now most of you know that the trauma is going to set off 
you know, trauma sets off anger, especially when you first realize the trauma. Oh, most of you listening have had, grew up in narcissistic, with narcissistic parents. Um, and once you figure out that they're toxic and narcissist, that anger is what fuels, hopefully, the no contact or the going low contact. Um, so what I realized and I don't want to go too far into this, but this is connected to what I'm going to talk about in the podcast, is that what I really feel is inferior to to my cousin. My cousin is a typical narcissist, the kind that you know about instinctively, that you've seen on TV. He is that overt, openly no, you know, narcissistic person. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. Okay. Talk about that kind of a, a, an overt, just the kind of person when you walk in the, when they walk in the room, they suck the air out of it. Okay. So I know that what I, what I felt was inferiority and I was kind of surprised because I looked at it and I, I, I wrote those things down and I looked at it and I went inferiority. That's the one. He is 20 years older than me. And since I was a little girl, I remember it was such a big deal if he was going to visit. Like, it was almost like he was a celebrity or something. And he, and then when he sits down, you know, his opinion's the only one that mattered. And what he thought would be the only thing that really was, you know... I'll give you an example. I have been struggling, had been struggling for a long time with what to do with my life. I have two past careers. I did HR, human resources, for many years. And then I taught for six years. And I was in this process of kind of trying to figure it out. And he was visiting with his daughter and his two grandkids. And... We were. I was talking to his daughter about it now because she's close in age to me, um, and he chimed in with, "You should become a nurse." And I'm like, "I don't want to be a nurse, but you should become a nurse." His ex-wife is a nurse. You should become a nurse. Nurses make money. Yeah, but I don't want to be a nurse. I'm not good with bodily fluids and people vomiting and crapping, and I'm just not good with it. I'm a germaphobe. I could never be a nurse. That's not my thing, you know. It's it's why I became a teacher and I taught high school for four years in the middle school. I, I'm not the little person, things coming out of them teacher, right? Um, so, but, you know, in his mind, he, he was correct. He had, I that was what I should do. You know, it's so, it's so infuriating and his daughter actually told him that. So let's let's start talking about that. The the overt the narcissist that is the typical narcissist. Now, those of you that are listening, you may have an overt narcissistic parent, but I will bet any amount of money that most likely what you are going to hear me say you're going to relate to from a past or hopefully not present anymore, romantic relationship, okay? So an overt narcissist, the only plus side that I see to them is that they can't really hide 
who they are, it's out there. I mean, they show it. Okay? As versus a covert narcissist who everything is done underhandedly, it's done in a way that so that the outside world views them as being great, great parent, great everything, but behind closed doors they are abusing their children or abusing whomever. An overt narcissist is the kind that slaps and hits in public, screams with their their abuse, but also they're that person that walks into the room and seems, and, and notice I'm using the word seems, like the life of the party, right? But these people don't allow anyone else to have the spotlight. The spotlight must be on them 24-7. And that's what I mean by sucking the air out of the room. Because you are in a room with this person and you feel like you can't breathe, almost literally. But mostly you feel kind of icky and disgusting. And that's something that happened with my cousin years before I went no contact with my mother. I'm going to separate that because I saw his toxicity. I didn't have a name for it. I didn't even connect it to narcissism. Because I knew, the only thing I knew about narcissism was that Narcissus was a, a, a mythological character who died looking at his own image in a puddle of water or whatever it was, right? It was water and he was looking at his own image and he loved himself so much that he starved to death and or dehydrated to death. That's what happened with Narcissus. Um, so I didn't know anything about narcissism. But my cousin is that narcissist. You know, he is that person that really is in love with themselves. Um as long I've known him my whole life, you know, he was almost 20 when I was born. Um, he has been a person who has been a cheater. He's been unfaithful. That is one thing that narcissists, they can't not be unfaithful. In other words, they have to be unfaithful, right? That is one of the things that comes along. I wouldn't say that every cheater is a narcissist because there are people who make a mistake, okay? And I, and, and I truly believe that there everyone is human. I'm not perfect. I've not I've never cheated on anyone, but um I I can see that something could happen, right? Someone could be married. But narcissist it's constant um, because they don't have empathy. They don't care. They don't feel guilty for doing it. They'll be caught over and over again. I remember being 12 or 13 years old. And my mother and his first wife had me looking out the windows in the apartment that I lived in to see if he was coming. Because he was with the woman he was cheating with. That's how brazen and... You know, 
just look at me. He is. He was driving around the neighborhood with the woman in the car. That's how who he is, right? That's who he is. Um, so that's over, an overt narcissist. I saw him yell at his son in a way that broke my heart. And I heard stories of other physical abuse, you know, like, you know, hitting my, my cousin with a closed fist when he was 10. You know, how do you do that to your son who who's 10? Um, and then my, my cousin's relationship, my second, his son's relationship with him has not been good for 20 something years. Although what happened two days, three days ago, I think has severed my relationship with my second cousin. Well, I knew that was coming and, and I'm saying it like that, but I actually cried about it today because I didn't grow up with a brother or sister. He was like my brother. So there goes another person thanks to this toxic family dynamic. That's why, you know, people don't understand that it's not just our moms or dads or whoever it is. It's going to be a group of people and it's going to be more consequences than just that. So anyway... Him being an overt person, so overt narcissist. They walk into a room and all eyes have to be on them. And if they're not, they're going to make sure that they are. They will start, you know, these are the, the, especially the men, you know, they tend to, most overt narcissists tend to be men. There are women overts, but it's the men that do this uh, that I've seen. Um, they walk in a room and they start, you know, it's a party and they start, you know, high-fiving everybody and they're talking and their laughter is just so loud that it takes up every, even if there's music on, I remember his laughter just being something that resounded everywhere. They literally have to be the center of the room. I was a child. This is me remembering parties from when I was a child and realizing that he was the center of attention. Now, as an adult, what made me feel icky and disgusting wasn't just that he was the center of attention because it wasn't a party. He'd be here visiting my parents, right? And I was forced to go over there and, and see him and visit with them, with him. But it was his entitlement, I think, is more of, of the the word. Um, he would call for a friend of his that lives here and invite him to my parents' house without anybody's permission. But, you know, my mom and dad were more than happy to oblige. I was the one who was like, I don't feel comfortable with these people. And usually I'd get up and leave at that point. Um, but... He would sit back in the in in on the couch with his disgusting feet. I mean, I, I there's nothing nice I can say about this man. He would cross his leg and sit back, and it was almost like, "Here I am, take me in." You know that kind of thing. I I, I hope you guys are are getting my disgust right. So. 
that's an overt narcissist. They just it just exudes from their pores. Instead of sweat, you get gooey narcissism coming out of every pore and every facial expression and every movement of their body is just it's just one thing. It's pay attention to me. You know, I am the center of the universe. I can do no wrong. I love myself. I'm going to get women no matter how old I am. Um, And the truth of the matter is that he is a, he's a nobody in reality. He's only a somebody to people who accept him as being somebody. And there might be people out there. I don't I don't know. I know that he's definitely had relationships where the women have ended up hating him. I wonder why that is, right? I can't really speak on the one relationship I'm thinking of. He had this girlfriend um after his second divorce for a while. And she wasn't his type, you know. His type is like tall women, you know. She was this little short woman. But I, I got along with her and she disconnected from him and all of us. And and that just shows me that she definitely, you know, she didn't want anything to do with him. I can imagine that she, he was mentally abusive and who knows if even physically abusive with her, okay. Um... So that's an overt narcissist, right? It's just, you just look at them and you can see it. It just, ugh. They open their mouth and, ugh. And and you look at them and, ew. And that's when I started to notice, as an adult, when I really started, when I had to have a one-on-one with him, because think about it. He's 20 years older than me. His role in my life was more of an uncle, And his kids were my cousins, right? So when I had to deal with him as an adult, right? I was an adult and he was an adult. That's when I realized, ew, I'd leave. And I remember telling my husband, why do I feel so? And I, I didn't have words for it except anger. But it wasn't anger. I think it was, again, that feeling of inferiority, which he put on me. He put on everyone around him. Um... But I guess my husband wasn't affected because, you know, he he didn't grow up with that crap. But I did. And I and it just, ew. Right? And that is one way that you can tell that you've been around a narcissist is when you leave their presence, you feel disgusting. You feel anger, anxiety, any bad feelings, right? Remember, if it's anger, it's not really anger. It's something else. So you've got to go get under the anger and see what is really going on and deal with that feeling. And that's what I was able to do today. And I hope that I can work on it every time I think of him and get mad and realize he's not anything special. And I'm going to tell you exactly why it's inferiority for me. Because I feel like he has stepped in and taken my place, right? That's what he did. When when everything happened, when I found out that I had three brothers that I never knew existed, I was raised an only child, and things started to come in, you know, together, all the lies and everything, right? It started to come together. Um, he stepped right into my business, and 
I think I have been feeling like he took over for me, like he was me. Now, in all of this, my mother and my father had both had choices. My mother, at least, is his aunt. My dad is nothing to him. And I know that being that my cousin is such a narcissist, um, he's going to eventually leave. My mom just died a couple of months ago. This is all new. He is enjoying my dad's house. Remember, he does not live here. That's another issue I have. He needs to go back to where he lives. But that's all going to stop. And then my dad's going to have to deal with being completely alone because he alienated me completely. I wrote my dad a letter and he never got back to me. There's a big part of me that thinks my cousin may have interfered you know, intervened with the letter. He saw the letter first. And it in the letter, I say to my dad, do not tell my cousin about this letter. It's amazing what our guts are capable of. For those of you that don't believe that you're empathic, you're empathic, believe me. So, um... He is a typical overt narcissist. And overt narcissists are just that. They're just, it's just, there's no hiding it. It's so much easier to talk about a covert because with covert, there's so many little manipulations. These overt narcissists, they just put it all out there. They don't care. They just, they don't care at all. Um, They still look good to the outside world. But because they're men, a lot of that aggressive personality is accepted right and being a playboy or whatever the word is now you know a cheater a player that's all accepted with an overt narcissist now I've talked about this before but because I know how this particular narcissist was created there's different Thoughts on how narcissists are created. And you're going to hear this over and over again. Narcissists are created from other narcissists. They were abused and therefore their reaction to the abuse was to, you know, become a narcissist themselves. Okay, yeah, that's a lot of the situations. There's another side to that though. Not every narcissist comes from abuse. This one is the perfect example. He didn't come from abuse. He came from a household where his poop didn't smell bad, okay? He is the king, okay? He behaved very poorly towards his son just recently when his son had a son. So his grandson by poorly, I mean, didn't even call or send a gift or anything. When my cousin complained to his grandparents, what happened was the grandparents told him, well, that is our son and we support him no matter what. That is how my cousin was created. And I'm sure a lot of the men that and women that you have encountered in your life romantically were created that way, where the parents support their horrific behavior no matter what, okay? I know, I mean, 
for a fact that, that he wasn't created out of abuse. He was created out of being treated like not even a king. He was like the ruler of the world. He was the most important man uh, that ever existed. And of course, you grow up hearing that, you will create a narcissist. Now, there's there's that line between being a supportive parent and telling your kid you're a good kid, you know, but there has to be some level of discipline and reality check with raising your kids. You don't want to raise that kind of monster. If you guys watch the TV show Friends, and if you're from the U.S. and listening, you know what I'm talking about. It's the last couple of episodes of Friends where it actually might be the last one or next to last when um, Monica, you know, they were adopting, right? And um, Monica holds the baby and it's a boy and she says, I'm going to love you so much that no woman will ever make you happy. No, no. She said, no woman will ever be good enough for you. That's exactly what a narcissist, how a narcissist can be created in that way, right? You have a mom that not necessarily loved you so much, but just treated you as if you could do no wrong. I've encountered this myself. I've encountered, um, and I've encountered a mix of abuse and that kind of, you know, uh, inflated you're so great thing. I've encountered both in one person, which is the the man I dated before my, I met my husband. He, I know that he had issues. He was, um, back when we were kids, it was called being a bad kid, but he actually had ADD and he was constantly punished and hit and there was abuse there because of something that he couldn't control but also his mother supported everything he did that was horrific to his ex-wife to me, you know to me I can't even say because I when I broke up with him we'd only been together 8 months um but with her it was a combination of both right he had both he had both been you know his parents supported the bad things he did and enabled him as well as they abused him when he was younger. So I, I saw both. So I go by proof, right? And I read things and, okay, so they constantly say that narcissists come from other narcissists and they were abused and it's an excuse to feel bad for them. Absolutely 100% effing no. I'm not going to feel bad for a narcissist because regardless of how they became to be, they are making the choice to hurt you on purpose every single time. And if you don't believe me, listen to me again. (laughs) A narcissist makes the choice to hurt you on purpose every single time. How do you think they get away with everything they do? People who do things out of, you know, like an instantaneous momentary urge, things don't turn out like that. Narcissists plan. Narcissists 
use people like you use the pieces on a chessboard for their gain, for their purpose. Once you are no longer necessary, you get discarded, right? You get abused, you get discarded. They make a choice, okay? They do it on purpose. So that whole thing about it being another thing that I've seen, and I've gotten pushback, but I don't care. I'm going to keep saying it. Narcissism is not a mental illness. It is a personality disorder. It is a, um, what do they call it? Type, it's my my brain fog. Um, A type B personality disorder, right? It's not type, it's another word, but it's B personality disorders. These are the narcissist Machiavellian um, antisocial personality disorders. Personality disorders are not mental illnesses. This is a disorder with your personality. That's why narcissists can't really get helped with therapy. Because it's a personality disorder. That's who they are. Okay? It's not a mental illness that can get fixed. It's different. Don't call it an illness. Don't give them an excuse to behave badly. They need to be, at least they need to be accountable for their behavior. And if we keep calling it something it's not, then they're not accountable. There's no excuses for bad behavior, for terrible behavior, unless like we're all human. So we make mistakes and we apologize for what we've done and we change our behavior. That's a real normal person. Narcissists don't do that. Narcissists will give you a fake apology, which turns around the situation. So you're guilty. So you're the one who's wrong. Listen to the narcissist apologizing to you. I'm sorry that you feel that way. I'm sorry that what I said to you made you feel bad. That's not an apology, people. I'm sorry I said what I said, and I will never say it again. And then they don't. That's an apology. And that's what normal people do. Except I'm starting to believe that being narcissistic is more normal than not being narcissistic. It just, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of you probably feel the same way where you just think that more people are toxic than they're not. It's not the case. I think I need COVID to be over so I can experience people again, right? Um. I've pretty much been inside for two years because of my autoimmune disorder and the fear of getting COVID. So that's that. All right, guys. So I hope I cleared up an overt narcissist, um, how they came to be, you know. Most, if if you asked me, I mean, I'm not a therapist, but from my personal experience, the overt narcissist came from that, you know, over inflating their ego as a child and growing up and and supporting just terrible behavior. Um, and that's that's how they they were created because they that that bad behavior was reinforced. Um. So that's that's how I think. I may be wrong. I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm not 
perfect human in any way. I'm just a normal person who's done research and seen the different opinions on how narcissists come to be. But yeah, they absolutely come. They, there's two ways. And and there's that third thought, which is, is it genetic? And that's an interesting because you see the narcissist in every family. There's not just one, you know, it's the parent. But did it come down from abuse? Did it come down from overinflating an ego? Or is it kind of genetic in, in your DNA that you're going to be that way? And then the ones that didn't get that DNA, we were screwed, you know? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if we were narcissists, we wouldn't be suffering. And I'm not saying that in any way to say, I wish I was a narcissist, but I've thought about that. I'm like, damn it. If I had been, you know, evil, like my mother, I mean, maybe I wouldn't be suffering. I'm not, I'm not really sure. All right. So I think that's enough. I love you guys very much. Please, 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 if you can, um, there's a link on the bottom of the description and it's to donate to my moving the hell out of here fund, getting the F out of here fund. Please, I would really appreciate it if I have helped you in any way. Okay. I have many podcasts. Um, it is a recurring payment. It is kind of like a Patreon thing, but it's through Anchor. Um, and I would appreciate whatever you can offer me. That would be great, okay? Um, And thank you for being such kind people. And I hope that I'm helping you. I really do. All right, guys, until next time.